it's amazing what goes around comes around, right? So take you back to 1983, uh, 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 I was a young seminarian at St. John uh, Vianney Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, and there was a group of guys that would pray together, and uh, I would kind of listen to what they were saying, and I couldn't understand uh, the language that they were praying. It was all Greek to me. Uh, and so they invited me to a Life in the Spirit seminar. And so there's a young gal who I went to school with named Ann Demersman. Her father owns uh, or is a lawyer here in town. And so I drug her with me. And the first night, they were praying over us and speaking in tongues. And I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm Catholic, right? Uh, so it's so foreign to me. And so this is actually what I, I said to Ann. I, I said, Ann, I'll tell you what. I'll come back on Sunday to pick you up, I promise. <laughs> and I left. I left the retreat. Uh, I came back uh, Sunday afternoon uh, to pick her up. And we always joke about that when, we, uh, when I see her. So it's always amazing now. Uh, what comes around goes around town. Uh, so it's, it's interesting, this Life in the Spirit uh, seminar. When Sometimes when we were advertising it, I would have some people say to me, ah, that's just a fad, Father. I did that in the 70s. Come on, what's, what's new, right? I did that already, right? I did that. That's nothing new. I mean, I did it. I, I checked it off my list. And, and now I want to move on to the newest thing, right? I checked that off. But we say that God is ever ancient and ever new. Uh, so there's a tendency, uh, even visiting with people, about their conversions, conversion experience uh, and talking to some. They go back to the moment of the encounter, the moment when they met Christ in a very profound way. I often go back to the moment when Claire Tenney laid hands on me and she had the prophetic word of God. But I, I can't stay there, right? You can only tell that story so many times, right? You can only milk it so many times, right? But ever ancient, ever new, the Lord's constantly doing something new in our lives. And so sometimes when people get stuck in their faith, they go back to this one moment. I know that happened 20 years ago, but what has the Lord done since then? Where is the Lord now in your life, right? This the other week, I, I got a call from Brandon uh, Clark, uh, who's Real Presence Radio, and they're doing that thing on, on 1st of May. Uh, so they, he called uh, Margaret Simonson and said, I, uh, is there a priest that can talk about Mary? She said, I have a perfect priest called Father Mark. So he called me and said, would you give your testimony and then talk about some of the doctrines? I thought, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the spirit that came over me, right? Right, the fear, divine motherhood, right? Perpetual virginity, uh, uh, the Immaculate Conception and Assumption. I mean, I, I know it, but for to talk live on the radio off the cuff, I, I don't know. There was a spirit that came over me, and so I emailed Brandon Clark back. I said, hey, I would love to do it, uh, but um, I'm traveling to Minnesota that day. <laughs> I got a stick a guy looking at the seminary with me. Uh, I just can't do it going for a seminary evaluation. Perhaps you can find someone else. Nothing. Didn't respond to it. Uh, uh, Father Mark, you know, two days later, are, are you coming? I said, well, apparently you did get my last email. <laughs> and there was this fear that, that came over me, right? And so uh, about uh, a week before that, I, I went uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament in my holy hour. I just sat before the Lord. And I just began to relate my fear. Right? Why, why do I have this fear? Where is it coming from? Right? 
Speak from the heart, you know. Chesterton said, we think too much, right? But speak from the heart. And then I heard the Blessed Mother Mary said, but Father Mark, you made a promise to me. You made a promise that you would always behold me. You made a promise. Ah, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, I made a promise. So I called back Brandon Brandon Clark. I said, okay, I'll do it. So about five to one, we pulled over to Laverne, Minnesota, and I sat in the parking lot of a Chinese restaurant (laughs) and did the interview. But it was amazing just the way it happened. I mean, just the way he started, the way I started, and then at break, he said, where's the spirit leading? We could go maybe three ways. It was just like boom, 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 boom. And the hour was up. But it was just an incredible experience of faith. Right? Jesus is always moving us. He's always changing us. And so we can't get stuck uh, in, in, in a rut, right? We can't be lukewarm and tepid in the faith. I mean, if I said to you, Maria, what happened last week in your faith, you should be able to tell me, this is what Jesus said to me. This is what the Lord's doing in my life, rather than, oh yeah, I experienced the Lord 20 years ago. So what? <laughs> What's he doing now, right? What's he doing now? He wants to do something now uh, in your life. And, and I thought about that with Jacques Philippe, who's part of a, the community of the Beatitudes founded in France in uh, seven, or six, uh, 1973. Ah, and this is what he said. Um, in a book called Time for God, he said, some people had a wonderful experience of conversion and charismatic renewal. The outpouring of the Spirit is luminous, overwhelming encounter with God. But after a few months or a few years, they cease making progress in the spiritual life, the spiritual vitality. And some, that might happen to you after experiencing the power and the release of the Holy Spirit last Thursday. Some of you might begin to doubt that. that. Did that really happen? Did I feel that peace? Did I feel that joy? Did that really come out of my heart, right? And then you begin to doubt it, right? But reject the lie right away. Yes, I know this happened. I trust in the Lord, right? But, but sometimes, Philippe is saying that we have these luminous encounters with the Lord, but then we do nothing with them. We get lazy. We, we stop reading the scripture. We stop practicing the sacraments. We stop reading. Uh, we stop going to Mass. Right? Do we wonder why our lives aren't alive, right? And he, so he goes on to say, uh, a few months, years, they cease making progress, and they lose their spiritual vitality. Why? Because God has withdrawn his hand for them. Certainly not. The gifts of God are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine. It is because they did not learn to remain permanently open to his grace by making the experience of the renewal bear fruit in a life of prayer. The life of prayer is key if we want to grow in holiness, if we want to understand these gifts, these charisms that, that we have been given in God. And there's a beautiful uh, reading from John uh, 15, 4 to 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. And so I've been going to a a spiritual direction class. On Monday, I put on uh, Institution of Priestly Formation. The first thing they talked to us about was the, 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 the economy of the heart, right? It begins a, in the heart, and there's a sense of, of rim, relationship, identity, mission, right? Which comes from John 5, abide in me, remain in me, right? 
And so what you and I are called to have is this personal relationship with Jesus Christ because it is that relationship that gives our identity. And out of our identity comes mission. But what happens to most of us, especially priests, we begin with the darn mission. We begin with the project. We begin with the program, right? And we get so wound up in this program that we, we forget about the relationship, right? We forget about the relationship. And when we, all, when we focus on the program, we as priests sometimes, as Pope Francis says, that you know priests who are, are collectors of novelties and antiques, there's not much joy in them. They're curmudgeons, right? They're very critical of hearts, right? Because it's about the program. It's about the project. But when we begin to encounter the presence of the risen Christ in our lives, when we begin to spend time with Him, when we begin to get up in the morning because we, we're so in love with the Lord, we can't wait till what the Lord's going to do in our lives. It begins with the relationship. <coughs> I get too <laughs> So out of this relationship then becomes our identity, right? And there's a, uh, I'll never forget, I was working in Piedmont. Uh, not as pastor there, but I went for a stewardship workshop. <coughs> and Jenny, or um, Jackie Osnes, just graduated from high school or from college, and she was home before she took a teaching internship. Um, and we went around saying, "Who are you?" Right? And everyone said, "Well, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm an engineer. You know, I'm a carpenter." Right? And this young college graduate said, first and foremost, I'm a beloved daughter of the Father." Amen. Amen? That's who I am first and foremost. Sometimes we get wrapped up in, in what we do rather than who we are. Whose we are, right? We are, we are God's son, God's daughter, right? And a lot of us don't even like to look at ourselves in the mirror. Oh, wow. wow, a little more uh, moose on that hair, right? But God never tires. He never gets tired of looking at us. He simply loves to gaze at us. He rejoices in us. He delights in us. Right? That's our identity. God, look at me this morning. Just gaze at me. I want to hear your voice. What does the voice of the Father sound like? Oh, my beloved. I delight in you. I rejoice in you. But so many of us are so busy about doing so many things that we never take the opportunity for God the Father to look at us. And once we begin to understand our identity, right? I remember Monsignor uh, Ephes, and maybe I told you, <coughs> oh gosh, I'll, I'll skip that. Um, so so I, want to, I want to begin in prayer, right? Because that's the foundation. Uh, that's the relationship. Uh, none of us want to know of Jesus. We, we want to know him intimately and personally. We want to hear his voice. And so the catechism, we hear that prayer is a key to, to spiritual growth and holiness. Uh, prayer is a personal relationship with the, the living God. Uh, I've been uh, reading a new book uh, on, on healing by Dr. Mary Healy. She teaches at um, uh, Detroit Theological uh, uh, um, Theology School, uh, Sacred Heart. And when she was a young college kid, right, she went down to Fort Lauderdale, but not to party, but to evangelize, right? And she was riding on a bus one day, coming home from evangelizing on the beach. And all of a sudden, she had this overwhelming sense that Jesus is alive! <laughs> Do you know that? He is alive! He is alive! He is alive! One of the first time 
time she felt in her heart that this Jesus is truly alive. And she wanted to share that with everyone. But it, it came up all of a sudden, you know, during the week, praying and evangelizing. But it was that moment where she experienced this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that placed it in her heart. Jesus is alive. We pray the creed, the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. Is the Holy Spirit that animates Christ uh, uh, to life. It's interesting, in Sherry Waddell's book, Forming Intentional Disciples, The Path to Knowing and Following Jesus, she does some quoting from Pew Research that said 60% of Catholics believe in a personal God. Pew Research asked two questions when they did this survey. Is God a person with whom I can have a relationship with? Or is God in personal force? 48% of Catholics that answered that survey uh, were certain that they believed in a God that they could have a personal relationship with. Only 48% of Catholics believe that God is alive, that they can actually have a conversation with God and God speaks to them. God reveals himself to, to us. You know, in the word of Scripture, in, in Eucharist, in the priest, and in one another, Humility is the foundation of all prayer. It's interesting. Um, I, I love this uh, a prayer of, hu- of humility. Um, you know, by, um, so repeat after me, uh, deliver me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored. From the desire of being praised. From the desire of being preferred to others. From the desire of being consulted. From the desire of being approved. From the fear of being humiliated. From the fear of being despised. From the fear of suffering rebukes. From the fear of being forgotten. From the fear of being ridiculed. From the fear of being wronged. From the fear of being suspected. And that Jesus grant me the grace to desire that others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be referred, be referred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. It was interesting. Uh, uh, Pope Pius uh, uh, the tenth in nineteen o three appointed um, um, uh, Raphael Cardinal Mercy Duval as the Secretary of State, but he never wanted the job. <laughs> and there is one of the Pope's good friends was going in to see him. And, and uh, Cardinal Duval uh, uh, said to him, I, I want you to say something to the Holy Father for me. He says, tell the Holy Father in my name that I, that I know what is, what is being done in the presence to make sure that I be nominated Secretary of State. Point out to him, though, that I am a foreigner and too young for such positions. Jeremiah, I'm too young. Does that sound familiar? And therefore, he should think of someone else. Right? St. Pius did not yield to the resistance with this young prelate who wanted to be dispensed from such an office put forward, but encouraged him to take up his cross. He blessed him with a a paternal affection and said, accept it, it is the will of God. We will work together and suffer together for the love of the church. Echoing this this way, the courage eminence 
because this is what uh, Cardinal, uh, uh, Cardinal uh, Mary Duvall said, uh, whispered to Cardinal Sarto, who became Pope Pius X a few months previous, when he encouraged him to accept uh, being the Vicar of Christ. And it was through this experience that he writes this prayer of humility, right? To be humble, humble in spirit. Do not be afraid. Do not let the fear get best of us, that we may decrease and Randy may increase, right? Right, right? Yes, yes, right. So that, that others may decrease and others may increase, right? It's a beautiful prayer, pray, a prayer to prayer, to pray every day for this gift uh, of humility. Um, so, the, uh, so according to the scriptures, it is the heart that prays, right? If your heart is far from God, the catechism says, our words are in vain. The heart is a dwelling place where I am, where I live. The heart is a place with which I draw, withdraw. The heart is our hidden center. The heart is a place of decision. The heart is a place of truth. The heart is a place of encounter. The heart is a place of covenants. Right? And when Brandon asked me to talk about Mary, I wanted to stay in my head, right? Uh, I, uh, but it, when I spoke from the heart, right, everything fell together. When you speak from the heart, out of this relationship with Christ. Uh, Luke uh, 2, 15 to 20, when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, uh, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known uh, what had been told uh, to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, all these words, and she pondered them in her heart. Mary took it to her heart. Lord, I do not know man. Lord, I'm afraid. Again, the heart is the the place of encounter. The heart is the place of truth. The heart is the place of decision. You know, I often say, uh, Pope Benedict, I heard one time, uh, I told people, um, what the heck's my water? Um, Told people, uh, some people are afraid to get too close to Christ. Because well, they're afraid what Jesus is going to ask them to do next. But he said that's not the case. He said people are afraid to get close to Christ because he's going to ask them to give up something. He's going to ask them to give up a habit, a pattern of sin, a possession that, 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 that we hang on to, right, that we're attached to. Because when you're attached to other things, you, you can't be attached to the one that will bring you fulfillment of all desire, which is Christ. You know, it is Jesus that we're called to be attached to and him alone. Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So you and I are called to be attached to Christ. And any other thing we're attached to, we're called to surrender to it, to let it it, uh, go. Um, Mary took all this to to prayer. And Scott Trainer, in a book called uh, The Parish School, uh, The Parish is a School of Prayer, we kind of learned this in in IPF, Again, the class I'm taking, they call it the, uh, the, the pirate prayer. Arr, right? Arr, right? And it's acknowledge, it's relate, it's receive, it's respond. I just want to walk through that because <clears throat> if you and I really want to grow in holiness, it has to begin in prayer. Um, and, and so, um, and so there's, these are four habits of interiority. 
you know, acknowledge, uh, relate, receive, respond. Um, these three things transpire uh, in one's heart, right? Interiorly in our heart, feelings, thoughts, and desires that are connected to one's present experience or, their, or some remembered past experience. And so to acknowledge, acknowledge uh, is this, this method of prayer is really about a relationship. It is a personal relationship of growing in intimacy with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a dialogue of love. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord. See, prayer is a dialogue, right? And how much of our prayer do we speak to the Lord all the time, and and then we never allow the Lord to speak to us? Right? It's a dialogue, Right? Some of us just go to the Lord just for the newest thing we want or the, the, the newest healing or whatever we desire. But do we, do we really listen to what the Lord is saying uh, uh, to us? And so if, if you want to grow into intimacy with God, um, God, must, you, uh, God first must become aware of what is transpiring in your heart. You know, think of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus when Jesus walked next to them. Are you the only one in all of Jerusalem that does, that does not know these things that happened to Jesus? Well, what sort of things? You know, he was supposed to be the, be the Messiah, the one that, that healed and restored. I mean, you're, you're, you don't know this. You must be the only one. And Jesus is encouraging them to tell their story. They begin to relate their feelings, right? You, you know, uh, what's happening in their lives at this moment in time. Uh, what the desire was. We thought he was, was going to be the one who would save us. Uh, for, from Roman oppression, that, that he would that he would that he would lead us uh, uh, to new life, right? But everything is lost now, and so um, and so Mary, again, Mary pondering, uh, acknowledging uh, what's in her own heart. Um, so the person praying wants to notice, not to analyze, right? Not to critique. Wow, this prayer really sucked today, right? <laughs> right? How, how many times do we do that, right? Well, I didn't feel anything. Right? So prayer really isn't about feeling. It's about a relationship. Right? And so sometimes we, we critique ourselves. We, we, we prioritize. We judge. We, we filter. But simply we're called to notice. This contemplative noticing is gazing uh, in the heart with love, which we find the good and the bad. Right? A lot of times in prayer, sometimes I'm tempted in many ways. Right? In probably ways that aren't good. Right? The significant and the trivia, the noble and the petty, the excellent and the messed up, trainer says. But whenever you pray, you know, Matthew 6, 6, go to your room, close the door, and and, and, and what the Lord sees uh, in the silence of your heart uh, will repay you. So the truth of the matter is that if we're not in the habit of attending to our thoughts, feelings, and desires, we live in this culture of of distraction, right? And and trainer, uh, in the end, says that a Christian who fails to cultivate a, ha- a, a habit of awareness, uh, the movements of the heart is a Christian at risk. And so God, you know, he, he, uh, in his book, he tells this wonderful story of, of relating uh, of a father who used to go to, went to all of his son's basketball games. And one, and one of the last games of the year, uh, the father uh, had to be on a business trip. And the father's best friend was a coach, right? Uh, and so, you know, you know, 15 seconds left, the son steals the basket, you know, five, five feet behind the three-point line, throws it up, and swish makes it, right? Everyone goes berserk, right? And the coach calls the father, and he tells him the whole story, right? 
So the father comes home on Friday and says to his son, Wow, come on, sit down. I can hardly wait to hear the story of what happened. The son says, Well, you've already heard it. Well, why do you want to hear it again? I mean, the coach already told you. But he said, I want to hear it from you. Right? I want to hear it from you. Because your story is much more interesting than the coach's take on it. Because it came from your heart. And so the Father wants to know what's happening in our hearts. What are we feeling? What are we thinking? What is our, uh, what is our, our desire? Um, and so we begin to relate uh, that. And then, the third, and then so we acknowledge who Christ is, we begin to relate, and then we begin to receive, right? And to receive, uh, Mary said, um, uh, the Annunciation Mary does not say, I'll do it, right? She doesn't say, I'll do it. But she says, let it be done according to your word, according to your plan, right? And then can you imagine Mary having this grateful heart? My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul rejoices in the Spirit. Right? And so when you and I are, are filled with a great sense of gratitude, and so receiving, one has to be thankful for the gifts uh, that, that the Lord uh, ha- has given uh, uh, us. Um, and then we, we were called uh, simply to respond. What does God ask uh, of the one whom, whom he loves? Well, what is God asking of us? Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, the law and the prophets are based. And so when, when you receive from the Lord, then, 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 then the Lord wants you to respond. How am I going to respond to the Lord today? Lord, who are you going to put in my life today? Right? The Lord wants us to respond to him uh, in faith. Um, it was interesting, this R, this pirate prayer. I, I had a, 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 just a last um, January. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a slow learner, and I always don't get it. It takes me a long time. So, um, so I, you know, I'm very, I was very faithful to Lexio Divina, doing this you know, on, on Sunday reading. So I would do the gospel, the first reading, the psalm, the second reading. I would do this A-R-R-R, right? And so I would, I would first allow God the Father to look at me. And then I would write down a grace I wanted to receive from the Lord, right? You know, Bartimaeus, what do you want? I want to see. But just think how much Jesus wanted to heal Bartimaeus first, right? That was Jesus' desire to hear him, or to, to, to heal him. And so to write down a grace, and then I would just acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. But what I found out was doing, because I had a homily to give on Sunday, right? So it was always a hook, right? Lord, i got to write this article. Would you, would you? So I, I would do it, but it was always a gitch on my part, right? Because I always wanted something out of it. I wanted, I wanted the word, right? And then in January, I finally got it. So now when I go to prayer, I simply come naked before the Lord, right? I mean, not, I meant. <laughs> right? So, I'm, I mean, I just go in front of the chapel, right? And I just spend time with the Lord, right? I simply I bring a journal. And, and I allow the Lord to look at me. And then I, then I begin to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life. The Father who sends His Son, the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and then I, then I, when I'm done talking to the Lord, then I just simply receive from Him, and then, and then I respond to His Word, and then when I'm all done, then I, then I write it, um, then I write it all down in my journal. Sometimes it's a couple sentences, 
And sometimes it's a, a paragraph and a half, or sometimes it's three pages. Right? And then when I see my spiritual director, before I go see him, like I saw him today, so last night I just spent some time looking at my journal. And then I bring two or three encounters that I had with the Lord, right? Because when you go to spiritual direction, you, you don't want to talk about, it's not pastoral counseling, you really want to talk about what the Lord's doing in your life. This is where I encountered him, right? And so if you're not praying, it, it, it's hard to, to visit with someone about what the Lord's doing, right? <laughs> you can kind of figure it out when people aren't praying. You, 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 there's a lot of, um, yeah, the Lord's been good, yeah, but, 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 but what did he say to you? Well, you know, no, I don't know. <laughs> Father Dyche was very good at that. <laughs> um, so another thing is, and you've heard this before, you know, Hebrews 4, 4, 9 to 13. Um, so then on Sabbath rest uh, remains uh, for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to rest so that no one may fall through such disobedience. It's a beautiful image that we're called to rest on the Sabbath day. Every day we're called to rest. And so you've heard this story, I tell this all the time, Basil Pennington praying in the Appalachian Mountains, goes to people's houses and he finds bed, he finds Bibles on people's pillow case, or pillows. He said, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Why are you putting Bibles on your pillows? It's really easy, Father. When we go to bed, we read one chapter of the Word of God, and the Word of God takes us into the night. And then when we go to bed, we put it on our shoes, and we read one chapter of the Word of God, and the Word of God takes us into the day. We as Catholics, we don't read the Word much. That's something Protestants do. It's not true. This word is alive. It wants to teach. It wants to speak to us. It wants to teach us about who Christ is. So I just encourage you to read the word every day, right? I encourage you to go to the sacraments. You know, go to Mass every day. Go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, you, know, um, you know, this morning uh, before Mass, I got a brand new Bible. Uh, it's called the, the Didache, and so it's kind of based on the, it's on the Word, but it's connected with the commentaries. So if you went to Mass today, we, we heard Psalm 98, right? The Lord, uh, so let us sing a, a, a new song to the Lord. Make joyful noise to the Lord. Call, uh, Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous songs. Sing praises. Um, so it's just a wonderful thing, but, but in the commentary, it talks about this uh, origin in year 245, uh, said that this psalm is related to death and resurrection. It's about the Paschal mystery, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. You and I are, are constantly dying to ourselves so that we might rise with Him, right? And, and so that's the emptying of ourselves to Him. So when we die to Him, we rise uh, to new life. So I'm going to uh, end it uh, here. Uh, I didn't get very far, but that's okay. Um, so so what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is uh, if you want to grow in, in holiness... You have to be people of prayer, right? Um, reading scripture is essential. Um, sacraments are a must, right? Community service is important. And sharing faith is important. I mean, I've heard three or four stories uh, the last you know, week about people who experienced marvelous things uh, last Thursday night. Uh, something new happened in their life. Uh, a, a, a taste of new wine. And to share that with other people, and hopefully we, we might get a, a chance uh, to do that. Um, so, okay, um, 
And then read the saints, right? Read the saints. Uh, can I have a couple of people uh, hand some things out here for me? So here's the thing on the examine. And then here's something that came from Monsignor Richter about the ARRR. If you want to make a holy hour, this is a great way to do it. Um, and this didn't work very good last time, but it's going to work this time, right? So we got the chocolate milk, right? Here we go. Right? We got the chocolate milk, or white milk, right? We got the, uh, the Holy Spirit right here, right? Look at that, right? Look at that. No, but is that chocolate milk yet? No, right? And so what happens is that uh, these gifts that you and I have already received at confirmation and, and baptism, these seven gifts, when was the last time you prayed for the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit? We should pray for them every single day, right? Because if we don't, they simply remain dormant, right? In the, in the gardens of our own hearts. But when we begin to stir them up like this, then the Spirit of the living God becomes alive in our hearts. Right? Become alive in our hearts. Now, that chocolate milk. So that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants us not to become chocolate milk, but he wants us to become alive in his presence. There you go. All right, now I get to introduce a friend who's going to share his uh, testimony with us, his witness of... Uh, conversion and growth in the Lord, how the Lord's worked in his life, so please welcome Adam Johnson. Hey everyone, I'm Adam. Uh, so I'm going to tell you guys where I've been and then kind of where, where I'm at now. Um, when I went to college back in 2009, I ended up uh, falling into the party scene, uh, partying for about two years, and finally, my uh, my sophomore year of college, I I, uh, I had a little too much to drink one night, and in the morning I was so dehydrated that I fainted and uh, fell face first on my on my face, and I had to get some stitches in my face, and I thought, man. This isn't working out so great for me. Uh, so uh, I ended up going to the Newman Center, and Lincoln's Newman Center is in the news now. It's on fire. Uh, and I went there one night, and they have daily mass at 10 p.m. And on a college campus, that's pretty, pretty uh, handy because kids are up all hours of the night, you know. They have a holy hour and confession at 9, and then mass at 10 p.m. So I went there and I did what I called spiritual Russian roulette. Uh, I was like, Lord, just say something to me. And I opened up the Bible and it said, you are my son and with you I am pleased. And I thought, how could you be pleased with me with all the stuff that I've done? And uh, it took me about a week for that to sink in. And then I went to confession after like five years of not going to confession. And I felt this tangible, warm hug. And I thought, wow, this is real. Uh, so then there was still this body-soul split, you know, where I was still partying on the weekends and going to daily mass four times a week. 
maybe going to confession here and there. Um, and it's just this continual growth, you know? Uh, um, and I remember the last party I ever went to, me and my buddy, we were sober on the couch looking at everybody in, the, in, our, in, our, in our group, and we're like, wow, is this, is this how we are? <laughs> so that was the last because there was kind of it's kind of like a haze you know with the with the whole scene and after that that was our last party that we ever went to where I'm at now um, so I work at the mission downtown I'm the veterans case manager down there um, and I can go in there at 8 a.m. not having my morning coffee, and I've got 10 guys outside my door asking me, I need this, give me this, do this, now, 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 now. And I've already given everything I have away, and it's 8 a.m., and I might even dislike somebody, and they're homeless. And I'm thinking, what's going on here, you know? But what it makes me think of is I can't do this, but he can you know, so it makes me grow even stronger in that being rooted in the Father's love. Um, so every day it's a con- continual uh, trusting in His love so that I can spread it to others that need love. And three things that I've been reflecting on for growth and change is, is love, forgiveness, and being thankful. The first one, uh, love you got to love yourself before you can love others, and then you can change the world. Um, so many people try to love others in, in kind of a self-medication way, and I, and I know that I've done that too, but I didn't truly love myself. And it's all about what Father Mark was saying, the relationship, identity, mission. Like, I've put my mission before I put my relationship, but it comes from that relationship your identity as a beloved son or daughter, and then your mission comes from that. Um, and then you can love others freely. Forgiveness. Um, when you truly love another person, when somebody hurts you, that love isn't chained. It's t- completely broken, and you're able to forgive them for hurting you. Um, being thankful. Being thankful for the little things in life, like, just like there's green grass outside, I'm, I'm happy it's, you know, it was a beautiful day outside. Just being thankful for the little things, like I've taken for granted so many times. Um, uh, even the, the, the sky the other day, it looked like I, I, I really wanted to see, uh, so over in Magigoria, there's mountaintops with snow peaks, and I was like, man, I'd like to really see those again. And then up in the sky, they looked like mountaintops with snow caps. I'm like, yeah, I'm so... That's awesome. Yeah. Um, How much time do I have? That's about it. Um, So, yeah, in in growth, uh, love, um, forgiveness, and being thankful. Come Holy Spirit. Thank <laughs> you.